Hey, before we get into this podcast, just a warning. This episode contains discussion of consensual and non-consensual choking and strangulation during sex. You'll be hearing about acts considered pretty violent and super risky, as well as conversations about sexual assault. This act is never completely safe. It can be fatal, but people are doing it and it needs to be addressed. Please listen with care, and if this episode gets a bit much for you, you can find support in our show notes. Okay, let's go. This is an ABC podcast. Did you see that episode of Euphoria where McKay and Cassie are about to have sex for the first time at that party? And it's all going well, it seems really cute, but out of nowhere, he grabs her throat and starts choking her. And she kicks him off, like... Fuck McKay! What did I do? Why would you grab me like that? I couldn't breathe. I I don't know, I thought you liked that. Why the fuck would I like that? Cassie, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Maybe that's a scene you're familiar with. Something that's happened to you during a hookup. Something a friend has told you happened to them on a first date. Maybe something you've tried on someone because you thought that's what people want, right? I'm sorry, but how the F did we get here? I'm Nat Tenchich and I want to know, what's the deal with choking and breath play? You'll find out why it's becoming more of a thing, what people do enjoy about it, why some people aren't asking for consent, and whether it can ever be done without risking serious consequences. It sounds pretty intense, but choking during sex? It's on the rise. It might have once been just the kind of thing that happened in BDSM dungeons, or just in the world of porn where dominant fantasies are the norm. But recent studies have found that choking is common among uni-age students. Dr. Debbie Herbenick, a professor and sex researcher at the Indiana University School of Public Health, surveyed 4,200 undergrads in 2020 and found that about one in four women, about 6.6% of men and one in five trans and non-binary participants had been choked the last time they had sex. And when it comes to the people doing the choking, it was about 5.7% of women, a quarter of men and a quarter of trans and NB people. In a wider previous study she did titled Choked, she found almost 40% of 18 to 29-year-olds surveyed had choked or been choked. So yeah, it's a thing. And it's part of the reason listener Tom got in touch with the hookup. He says his girlfriend wants to try breath play with him. That is, she wants him to choke her. And while he's curious, he's understandably nervous about some of the risks. So I am Tom. I'm from Melbourne. I um, got in touch with the hookup because it came up that my girlfriend um, might be interested in breath play. I got in touch because I wasn't really too sure how to react to that. I, it wasn't something that uh, I'd really thought of before or been interested in. And I think that if it's something that I'm going to do, it's something that I would like to do right. Yeah, no, 100%. So let's go back to the start and talk to me about how this first came up for you and your your girlfriend. Um, what was the first conversation like? How did she bring it to your attention? Um, it came up um, actually through through a friend that, yeah, this this might be something that we might, we might be interested in. Uh, I think I was pretty dismissive to start off with. It was just like, uh, okay, we can just 
write it off as a joke. But uh, and then we had a um, brief chat about it, you know, maybe wanting to give it a go seriously. And yeah, that's really all. We, we haven't talked too much about it. We're, um, uh, I'm just sort of, yeah, I guess waiting for the right time. How did you feel about it when she mentioned this to you? Uh, I was a little bit concerned. I think that like I really care for her and yeah, the idea of harming my girlfriend is something that I'm just, it feel it just feels very wrong and it just, yeah, feels like it goes against everything that I believe in. But I think after maybe some deeper reflection about what's happening, I've, I've, I did a lot of, a lot of Googling and a lot of, um, yeah, try like tried to do a little bit of research into it and maybe, yeah, I, I, I think I can sort of come around to a little, a little bit why it's not something that I necessarily, it's not something that I would feel like that I sort of understand. This is something that you clearly don't feel all that comfortable with, but you, but let me get this right, that you really feel like you want to try um, for the pleasure of your partner? I think that it's something that I'm open to. I'm open to trying anything, I guess. Mm. Um, it's just not something that I necessarily understand and may, maybe that will come if, you know, with experience. You know, people are going to do it, mm. regardless of whether um, there's information about it or not. Why don't we, yeah, educate people properly about this? And I guess that's sort of why I came to you. I think that, yeah, if it's something that we're going to try, then doing it as safely as possible would be, I guess, the only way that I would be, be agreeing to do it. I mean, it's a tough one. Can this ever actually be safe? Now, I don't go out of my way to yuck anyone's yum. We are very sex positive on the hookup, of course. But breath play can have fatal consequences. Like, I'm not messing around here. Even some of the most hardcore doms and subs won't touch this one because it's so risky. So if more people are trying it, you need some straight up facts. So firstly, what's the appeal? Sexologist Naomi Hutching says there's a number of reasons people might try breath play. For some people, it's about dominance, submission, and also just a lot of folks talk about the pleasure they get from almost, sometimes people say, being taken to the brink or things like that. So, And, of course, we can't um, ignore the fact that, you know, we can find porn everywhere. And, of course, you're going to see some of that on porn because whatever people like, you'll find it. For some people, the, the pain would turn them off. And for many people, that's certainly um, not the case. They get highly aroused, hence all the different sexual play that people engage in. Uh, they find it, you know, taking themselves, like holding their breath, you know, um, releasing all that chemicals and euphoria. It's, a, it's, it's very um, common that people uh, mix that all up. And I think it's important that, um, you know, uh, for many people, that's not going to be their thing but that we do um, acknowledge that for a lot of people, that's part of their sex play. I hear a lot more of people talking about that there's an expectation and they don't want to do it. But I'm sure, of course, there are. Human beings are curious. And, yeah, for many people, that they're risk takers, right? So they do it in lots of different areas. And so, of course, during a sexual experience, for some people, they might be curious at taking things um, as far as they think they can. Someone here says, is choking in breath play a sexual equivalent of a trust fall? I don't know if that's meant to be rhetorical or for you, Naomi. Do you have an idea? Yeah, of course. I'm sure that people get really aroused. I read some stuff um, about that saying that, yeah, putting themselves, you know, like giving themselves to someone almost and being there. So absolutely. I mean, many 
people find all sorts of things arousing. So I can imagine that would absolutely be something. As you've heard, it is becoming more of a thing. The research says so. And it'd be pretty easy to blame porn, like Euphoria does. But is that too easy? Here's Naomi. If porn's people's only sex educator, that's a problem. And the fact that some people don't know how to um, look at something and not see that as reality, right, which is like with anything, Instagram and things like that. So um, I think without other sex education, comprehensive, inclusive sex education, that kind of stuff coming at it as well. So, uh, yes, uh, and, and we've got the internet, right, so you can just get as much porn as, as you like. And I think, yeah. We absolutely can say that some of it, but there are many people who watch porn and would absolutely, they watch it, they get off on whatever, maybe whatever it is they're looking for, could be choking, could be something else, and would never do that. Like they, that's just their arousal stuff, just like people watch drifting and don't then still behave on the roads and stick to the speed limit or watch mm. heaps of horror stuff and don't go out murdering people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's not always a straight line. It depends on context, no. you know. And there's also other stuff. It's not just porn. I mean, just like like just chuck, chuck on Netflix or something like that. There's all sorts and you'll see that stuff there too that you'll see a lot more of um, variation of people's human sexual behaviour, including choking and that stuff too. It's a tricky thing. It can be super intimidating, but some people do find after trying it that it's something they enjoy. Listener Hazel from Canberra wasn't a fan at first, but really liked it after switching roles with a new partner. I used to be so kind of adamant. I was really not into that kind of stuff. I uh, I have multiple partners and one of my partners asked me to do it once and I I almost kind of teared up at the thought of hurting um, someone that I love or, mm. or like doing something a little bit more dangerous. But I then met another one of my partners who I'm still seeing as well. Uh, and she's kind of led me down this path of uh, saying things more on the wild side. And uh, I've gotten a taste of it now and I just, I can't get enough. That's really interesting. Like, do you, do you go both ways? Like, do you give and receive with each other or are you always the giver? So I, I would say that I was more the giver in my uh, relationship with my, my longer term partner. Uh, and maybe that's why I was hesitant because it was that thought of having to, you know, lay my hands consensually on someone that, that I do care for. And I, I had a bit of a mental barrier to get over there, um, I would suppose. Um, but in the, the newer relationship, I took on more of a, you know, receiving role. And I mm. think that maybe gave me a different perspective on it. And I got to say, uh, uh, quite a fan. And you know what, Hazel? That's Okay. But we can't go any further talking about an act like this without mentioning the big C, consent. And consent is essential when it comes to sex of any kind, but extremely important when it comes to something like breath play. We don't want to cast judgment on what consenting adults do. If you've discussed everything first, including ways to reduce harm, which we're going to talk about a bit later, what can I say? You do you. But what if you're having sex with someone and they just grab your neck out of nowhere, like McKay did with Cassie. Because even though that was just on a TV show, that sort of thing has really been happening. In a different study from Debbie Herbenick, she found that nearly a quarter of adult women in the US have felt scared during sex. Out of about 350 respondents, 23 described feeling scared because their partner had tried to choke them unexpectedly. One woman wrote that her partner put his hands around her throat 
to the point where she couldn't breathe. During a panel in 2019, Professor Herbenick said that many sexual assault cases among students at her uni now centre around non-consensual choking. According to her research, 13% of sexually active girls aged 14 to 17 have already been choked. I'm sorry, but maybe it's just me, but I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, why is this suddenly an expectation that people feel like they don't have to ask about? Naomi says that while it's been great that as a society we're more open and experimental with sex and trying different things, it's having some backwards effects when it comes to what we pressure people into and what we feel like is normal. I feel like we talk about sex positivity, right, meaning that um, we're talking about not shaming people, as you said, and we've talked before about not yucking people's yums and things like that. But I also think it's almost sometimes I get a little concerned that we've gone to the other point where people just feel like they can't say no to anything for fear of um, being judged as well, you know, like for choosing not to have sex at all or not being open and not being poly and stuff like that. So also I do think there's that kind of influence as well around feeling like if they don't do certain things, like they're just boring, hence, you know, using that language, which I also hate, like vanilla and this, you know, calling them all different words when really it's all just a a variation of human sexual behaviour. And all of that can have really messed up consequences, as you might expect. Someone who knows that far too well is hookup listener Dolly. She reached out to tell her pretty heavy story about meeting someone on a dating app who strangled her until she passed out without her express consent. What happened was I had arranged to meet up with someone um, through like an online dating app that's specifically for kink. And I mean, the messages that he sent were very brief and in one of them he said I'm going to choke you out as soon as I walk into the door like walk into the door and you know me not kind of taking that seriously just I thought it was a bit of a hype up and we had previously agreed that you know a little bit of choking was okay so when I had opened the door and that was the first thing that happened you know I was a bit shocked and he choked me to the point where I became unconscious and that's the first time that had ever happened to me and he repeatedly kept doing it so I couldn't even say stop or anything like that because I just as soon as I would gain consciousness again he'd start choking me out again um never taking his hand off my throat and what happened after he had you know finished was he just sat there for about two to five minutes afterwards and had a conversation with me like everything was normal. So obviously I felt by his demeanour he didn't feel like he had done anything wrong and it almost felt like a failure on my behalf to, you know, kind of pull that up at the start. A text beforehand just isn't going to cut it. Remember, if someone tries this on you without asking first, that's assault. It's not your fault, it's not just expected, and it's not okay. Naomi says people who do breath play need to lay out the ground rules and be very specific about what's okay and what isn't. 
feel like explicit consent is super important in this in all situations especially if you're going to do something like this you can't practice uh choking without it being like 100 safe and so that's like an important thing to think about because there are some injuries and things that that can happen so this would be something you'd absolutely need to be getting um consent about this is the kind of thing that um, you need to be talking about way before it happens. If that's something that you're interested in, I would be saying to people have these conversations where not at all when you're being sexual, so out of that space. And, you know, often people talk about, you know, when they just met someone and uh, all those expectations. So I, I often say it's it's really, really important to, if you can't, if you don't feel comfortable having those conversations, I think that's really an indicator of um, probably not to just go ahead and engage in something if you feel like you can't even negotiate that stuff. And we know that consent is ongoing, and that's especially true here. Naomi says checking in is totally essential. This is that stuff around, um, you know, they talk about enthusiastic consent, but ongoing consent is ongoing and, you know, checking in how, how people are feeling all the time. And I suppose this is where it's that thing around for some people are not, not able to speak. So we talked around the tapping or the shaking head or if can move. Some people have said they did move their hand and things like that. Um, but constantly checking in, right? And also that it, just because you've done it once doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Like that's my whole thing about when every single time you have sex, no assumptions other than being just a kind, ethical human and there is consent. You don't know what sex acts are going to happen. So check in and say, what are we doing? What do you want to do? What are we doing? As an example, Hazel uses safe words to let their partner know when it's time to stop. Safety is always a concern. And I think that's where discussions about safe words um, come in. Like uh, I've got a safe word, it's pineapple, because I can always remember that one. Um, and I think obviously there needs to be talks about, you know, consent and it needs to be enthusiastic and all that kind of stuff. But generally I find that now that I've been going out with my partner for quite a while, it's seven or eight months now, um, we do have a pretty good understanding of what each other's boundaries are. And like Naomi said, people who don't feel comfortable having those convos should absolutely not be doing this. If you can't use your bloody words, then bad luck, mates. So the big question, the one on Tom's, and I'm guessing your mind too, can it be done safely? Naomi says choking always carries risks, no matter how careful you are. For a lot of people, risk-taking is the thing that arouses them, right? It's not just in sex play. People take risks. They climb, you know, huge mountains without, you know, their... um, hooks and stuff like that but I think that's sort of something to consider because things can go wrong especially and also thinking about maybe you know talking to people about alcohol and drugs and things like that around that would be something you know when we talk about safer sex because often well sex educators like us we often just say nothing's really 100% meaning anything around you know STIs, unplanned pregnancy, things like that. But with if we're talking specifically around choking, that stuff you really need to consider because things can go wrong. There are some people who even engage in, you know, whatever you want to call it, kink, BDSM or different kinds of sexual behaviour who refuse to do that. That's one thing they say no to because we know that, you know, there's things like seizures, neck injuries, and obviously we know that um, folks can die so that's kind of why a lot of people will sort of draw the line at that so I think it's really sort of important to know that. If you like the sensation there are safer ways to try this stuff out. Naomi says you don't have to go full throttle. Some people will say they'll just start with something a little so they're just going to talk about maybe um, just touching the neck and things like that or you know 
kissing I've heard people you know all sorts of things around the neck rather than actual actually um choking so if they're kind of just sort of seeing how comfortable they feel about that but also yeah um definitely talking about the safe words some suggest receivers just hold their own breath or lie backwards with their heads hanging over the bed or wear a collar or choker one with a quick release clasp it's a lot and it's totally okay if it's not for you I'm saying that to givers as well as receivers. Naomi says there should be no pressure to ever do a sex act you don't want to. It's okay to say, no, I don't like that, don't want to do that. Or like I suppose the person who's um, started this sort of conversation, he was saying that he had sort of, you know, said that he's um, unsure and I think that's important to talk about that too. It's okay. So for many different sex acts, people talk, you know, might feel a bit, Um, worried or maybe they're interested um, but they're not sure so I think it's really important like it's super important if you're going to be sexual um, with someone that you're having these conversations about you know and I think checking in with yourself often that's something you know people checking in of course with the people but that they're going to be sexual with but also why am I doing this is this something I want to do does this really get me off or is this because I think I should be doing this and sort of um, unpacking that a little and holding um, that thought If you want to do something like this, everyone's got to be on board. It has to be a conversation. If your partner wants it from you, proceed with all of the caution you've heard here. Safe sex isn't just about using condoms. It's about making sure everyone feels protected, cared for and respected. It's about putting everything on the table first and not sneaking anything under. It's about getting that pleasure, but not at anyone's expense. Oh, okay. Thanks for sticking with me. And I hope that helps. Tom got in touch by emailing us at thehookup at abc.net.au. And you can also DM us on Insta too. Follow us there for more hot sex tips and relationship advice. And I'll catch you next time.